You thought you'd gotten rid of us, didn't you? But you were wrong, old Bean. Because we're back with a vengeance. Good sight for Queen, our son. From studios in Hollywood, California, rural southern Indiana, and the hinterlands of North Dakota, this is the Live, Laugh, Golf Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Desert Duffer, OTB Lefty, and Jay Score. Welcome back, folks, to the Live, Laugh, Golf Podcast. Desert Duffer here, OTP Lefty, J-Score. How you guys doing? I'm doing really great, Duff. I'm, I'm a long weekend, holiday weekend. I'm feeling recharged and ready to go. Dude, glad to be back in the office after six-man scramble this weekend. What? You're in the office. Folks don't know that you're, we don't have video. You're, you, you record your studios in rural it's, Indiana. It's lovely. it's lovely to return to the normal routine of my working-class life after a weekend spent <laughs> playing in an incredibly incredibly slow six-man team golf scramble i'm sure the good folks would love to hear about your intermittent rain undercooked cheeseburgers what do you want yeah i can't think of anything more miserable than watching six guys read a putt for for birdie Uh, maybe talking about it or listening to it on a podcast but we're gonna we're not gonna talk (laughs) about that we're gonna we're not gonna do it uh we will eventually we've got a big podcast ahead of us when it comes to haters and losers i don't want to give anything away but stay tuned, folks, because it, it's perhaps our most controversial haters and losers segment of the year, of the history of this podcast. We'll get there. But we're going to stay positive right now. The good part, the good stuff, we had a monumental success for Live Golf this week. I was there. I saw it. DJ, the biggest player probably in the history of Live Golf, the person who caused it to be what it's become. Got his first win on the live tour. He hit a 60-foot eagle putt on the first playoff hole. He beat Bon Lahari and Joaquin Neiman, two of the six new players making their debut. It was unbelievable. We're in Boston. It it was a triumph. Do you feel like he hit a 35-footer that could have gone 60 feet? I, listen, the press release says 60 feet. There was, I'll tell you, in the, in the Flash interview following the round, somebody, a Massachusetts reporter, said, um, DJ – when you hit that putt, did you walk it off by any chance? Do you know exactly how long it was? And DJ was like, uh, "It was it was a long putt." How know. far? He was like, "So you're not you're not sure?" <laughs> he was like, "No, it's not sure." And then and then in the press room somewhere, people were like, I th- "I'm going to go with sixty feet. Does sixty feet sound good to you?" <laughs> yeah, sixty. So it's a sixty footer. Did you did it seem shorter than than that to you, JT? Well, I mean, I was just making a crack at how hard he hit it because it bounced seven inches right, in the air before right. it went in. Okay. But uh, electric atmosphere well, there. Was there. That too. The- Maybe he hit a 120-footer. Who could possibly say it was a long putt? I, we didn't have shot link. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I did see some statistics, though, like percentage of greens and regulations, some driving distance and stuff. So it's on its way. God, I love seeing you just dig into the media hub, like get in there. What's we're gonna we're gonna have some good like greens in regulation rank talk and whose driving distance was maybe less than you would have expected. Is that what we can we can expect coming up? Well, I mean, some someday soon because you know if, if you if applied correctly, uh, numbers can can help provide information as long as they're not you know bent or twisted or used in proportion to themselves or whatever. Love that. You know, well, listen, lies, damn I, lies and statistics. I don't know how anybody who actually watched the golf this weekend could not have enjoyed at a minimum what happened on Sunday. DJ was in the final group for the third straight tournament. Obviously hadn't gotten a win. He got 
$4 million for the individual win and another seven hundred and fifty grand for his share of the third straight team victory for the four aces. My four aces. You know how I feel about these guys. The love, I mean, it's palpable. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I listen, guys. I got some merch. I picked up some merch for us. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, going to wind up being limited edition merch if, uh, if and when team names get redone, uh, rethought. If they do, then you're you could be sitting on a gold mine there. Yeah, but you know how I am. I'm going to wear that stuff. It's like it's just like the first second time I went and played Augusta National. I got this merchandise in the clubhouse that a lot of people aren't able to get their hands on. I didn't want to use it. But then I went out there. I was like, you know, I'm going to take these balls and I just, I play with them. You know, I, I play with That's those exactly balls. right. You go to Muirfield and you get some golf balls. Hey, when it comes time to put one in play or maybe rinse one, you're ready. I, yeah, I do do that. But uh, as you mentioned, DJ's winning putt on the final hole had a lot of pace. Looked like it might have rolled off the green, but he made it, hit the back of the cup and Popped in. Lahiri was in position to make a birdie. Neiman was already in for par. Lahiri had a chance, really, honestly, should have won the tournament in regulation. He hit probably the shot of the tournament on number 18 to reach the green in two, the par five. And he had, I don't know, it was an eight, maybe eight footer, eight and a half, 10 footer. And it lipped out. If he'd have made that, he gets to 16 under. He's the tournament winner. Instead, he goes to the three-way playoff, and DJ did what DJ does. Uh, still, you know, massive payday, obviously, for Bond and huge for India, but I can only imagine what the what that would have meant for him and his home country if he'd have pulled off the win. Right. Hey, Duff, yeah. where were you when all of this was going on? I was actually at... Greenside on 18 when DJ hit the putt. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't see a damn thing because it was about six deep everywhere. It was like I tweeted, it reminded me the atmosphere felt like Great Woods, which is a, an open air concert. I don't know if it still exists, but it was like this, this massive sort of half shell stage area with a huge grass amphitheater that used to hold concerts in the late eighties, early nineties. And it reminded me of like the kiss 108 concert, which was the pop radio station in Boston that had all the big superstars come in for the concert once a year. That's what the vibe was like out there at 18. Like anybody who tells you that there was no crowd, they're wrong. I mean, it, there were some serious people there, some serious drunks, I mean, the, the energy was high and it was much younger than I've been to my share of PGA Tour tournaments. And the average age was significantly younger than what I'd experienced previously. Excellent. But no Lisa Lisa or Colt. Exactly. Exactly. And KOTB was not in the house. As far as I know, I don't know. A couple of them maybe may have been around. So DJ. Excellent. DJ shot a 65. As I said, the four aces won again for the third straight time. P. Reed shot a 66, and Taylor Gooch shot a 69. Taylor was in position for a win, had a great week, but kind of faded down the stretch. It, it was a close match in the team competition. Four yeah. aces, they had they won by two over J-Scores man uh, Bryson's Crushers GC, and the Majestics, who were always in it, got third place over the Ironheads and Torque GC. That was the big, I mean, Ironheads coming out of nowhere – what, do, were you guys excited about that? I mean, I mean, it's good for them. 
It's it's good. I mean, it's good. Let me for ask Jesse. you: Do you guys have any any input on what happened this weekend? Were you watching? So, Are you there? Are you with so me? So on the t- <laughs> so on the team event stuff. I, that's that's part of uh, that's some of my uh, my my troubles watching. Is I I do I will say I still have trouble tracking like the team score and where things are at and and like i feel i felt like i i blinked i'm not supposed to blink but i feel like i blinked, blinked. and suddenly the iron heads are in it the crushers are it's a fair just complaint. flying up the pylon i'm i'm like struggling to find really follow it live in during the broadcast to know yeah it's a fair what, complaint what i don't i don't know that it's a complaint it's just uh, sort of a, a natural outcropping of of the format of the competition so for anybody who's not aware it is confusing the team points are accumulated at the end of each day. And on the first day, your two lowest scores count. And then on the second day, your two lowest scores count. And then on the third day, your three lowest scores count. The broadcast, the telecast, the simulcast, the stream, whatever we're calling it, it can't always have the team standings up there on the what are they calling it? They call it a pyramid. I don't even understand. Is that does that have something to do with the pylon? pylon? What is that? Is that a, is that an F one thing? I I don't know anything about yeah, the F one no stuff. Yes, it's like uh, when you when you drive laps at a racetrack, they have the same thing in Indianapolis where there's a running order and they have the numbers. Got it. In vertical. Got it. Yeah. In a vertical fashion. So they can't have both the team and the individual on the screen at the same time, or maybe they can, but then you wouldn't be able to see the play that well. <laughs> in any event, it moves quickly because sometimes the person whose score it is that's counting will no longer be counting after a hole, right? You can be one of the two lowest scores on your team, and then you make a double bogey, and then the guy who wasn't previously counting is suddenly counting. So it, it can be difficult to keep track of that. I think that makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, the Ironheads at one point had a five shot lead over the four aces and it turned out in a in a heartbeat. So I think that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, a super strong start. Kong Watmai uh, bogeyed the last three holes and then another guy. <laughs> Will you Saddam, say his name again? <laughs> Kong another guy. Two bogeys <laughs> and a double. Kong Watmai. Pre- Fachara Kongwatma. So those guys, I mean, it's um, that, it's Kevin Na's team, and you know, the, uh-huh. probably the most notable thing about it was that Siwon Kim shot in the eighties on Friday, and then he turned around. He shot shot sixty three. I mean, I mean, it's like true. That's true. Desert Duffer eighteen hole stuff. That's like I shot a you know. A forty-one and a fifty-nine. You know, I mean that—that's—that's that's wild, and that's what makes the team part of this competition interesting. Like, there really is legitimately, you know, if you shot in the eighties on a PGA Tour tournament, you know, you're going home on Friday afternoon. Like, you're you're going through the motions on Friday. But in this, it's gone. Okay, you, clearly, you're not going to win the individual competition, but you have every opportunity to help your team. To hundreds of thousands of dollars if you play well on even one of the following two days. How can you not like that? Yeah, I totally love it. Also, the thing that's underestimating, if someone like that is partially lost or something traumatic happened out there, who knows what it was, that he can't process it himself. He has teammates who he can go to to talk about. Yeah, one of the it. you know, one of the funnier quote one of the funnier quotes of this weekend was uh, Bubba Watson talking about. Uh, the opportunity to uh, 
help guide some of the younger people on his team and provide some life I'm, advice. Listen, who um, who I, wouldn't look to Bubba Watson meant golf tournament advice. life advice? He's a sage. Well, no, because we're talking we're talking <laughs> about golfers and uh, anyway, and an, and another team. So he was a great commentator. I mean, he's obviously still a great player, and his injuries are minor, and he's going to be back with a vengeance. Like, just like but, Johnny uh, Rotten. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, he's just he's just good. When things wrap up, he's going to be handy handy on television somewhere too. So, do you guys have any thoughts about the course? I mean, what yes. do you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it photographed unbelievably. Um, the all of the the fast flying drone shots of how to play the holes very cool. I don't think fifteen under is unreasonable, so I think it held up fairly well to scoring. Um, but people could still make some things happen. There were certainly some challenging shots you know, out so there, there were the, the, and they had an opportunity yeah, the, to, to pin some greens where they didn't. What I thought was interesting, obviously, they had the the two par fives that were playing as par fours during this event. Those were the two hardest holes. Those were difficult fairly difficult par fives. That's, that was the first and the 14th, I think. Um, but what I didn't get a sense of walking the course initially, and that was probably my own fault for not you know, thinking this through, but what's unusual about this course as compared to what we're usually seeing these guys play on the PGA Tour is, and this is something I know that the architecture nerds don't like these days, but there are all these trees. Like it's not just tree lined fairways. They're tree lined. And then you're in the forest. Like it's a real forest. Like they cleared down trees to make this course whenever it was a hundred years ago or whatever. So that if you miss the fairway, you can be in really, really bad shape. And we saw somebody like Cam Smith. I saw him in the practice round on Wednesday, he had what I thought was a little case of the lefts. Well, you miss the fairway 15 yards from the left on a typical tour stop. It's, oh, you're in patrons, fans trampling down the grass, and it looks like he actually has a good lie, and he's in another fairway, and there's nothing to worry about. Well, here you miss it by 15 yards, and you're in the woods, and you're in a bad spot. And sometimes you're lucky if you can even punch out sideways. I thought, you know, that's nice to see every once in a while when you've got the best players in the world out there. Yeah. I play in a lot of courses that are like that. And I always think it's like, you know, you talk, your, your friends talk about the gallery rule. And if there were people up here, you'd see it, but seeing all the trees stuff, it made me think too, with the, the gallery sizes and some, some photos I saw online where it doesn't look like you see a lot of fans, but seeing the dense trees made me wonder, like in general, as far as typical event infrastructure and gallery movement, was it pretty restrictive and pretty limited to where people could congregate? Or yeah, t- so tell me more there were a bunch kind of, of poles where it- you could only have fans on one side. I mean, they they didn't, as compared to some of the, you know, I've been to the Shriners in Vegas a couple of times, and I've been to U.S. Opens, and I've been to the Masters, where obviously you've got a ton of fans, right? And they they do their best to have opportunity for fans on all sides of the fairways. But for example, like what we saw at the Open Championship at St. Andrews this year, you can't always do that. Not every course is amenable to to that kind of fan experience. So there were a lot of holes on this course where fans could only be on one side of the fairway. And I think that's good. Like that that you're not going to count on, oh, maybe I'll get a bounce off that guy over there. Or maybe the grass will be trampled down. On one side of the fairway, you've got nothing but the same trouble that every member has to deal with 
on every Tuesday and Saturday round. So yeah, they limited, it, it was clear they limited the number of people who could be there. The traffic was already outrageous. You know, this is a small town in a semi-rural part of the state of Massachusetts. It's not built for massive tournaments. Uh, but where fans were allowed, you know, 18 green, first tee. Uh, in fact, on Sunday, the entire first fairway on the left side, which is the only side that people could be, it was four deep while I was out there, four five deep around the tees. I just don't get I understand people want they want so badly, certain people want so badly for this tour to fail, for people to not be interested in it. That is so not what the case was there. The fans were engaged. They were young. The crowd was lively. It was full. Not only, I mean, from a couple of hours before the shotgun start, people were at the range. People were in the fan experience. I mean, it was a lively crowd. I, I, I you know, they're not going to listen. No matter what we say, they're going to say we're, we're being propagandists. I'm telling you, the crowds were lively and they were big. Is lively a euphemism for lubed up mass holes? I I, I feel like maybe it was a you're little rowdy, a little concerning. Trying to get times, me in trouble. But... I, I I need to preface this. I people who listen to the last pod know I am a native mass hole, so I'm allowed to say this. I don't think I don't think it should be legal to sell alcohol at a sporting event in Massachusetts. I just, there's a, you know, as someone, so I spent the first 20 some odd years of my life in Massachusetts. I moved away, man, it's a, it's a tough return to have to go to a sporting event where beer is only $5 each because people from Massachusetts, I love you. I'm one of you, but, uh, oh my God, it's, it's a tough scene. I mean, I, you know, it was fun. You know, when you walk, when you're alone, because I was covering this event, when you're alone walking down the fairway and you, you pass people coming the other way and you can overhear snippets of their conversations. I mean, the things that you hear in Massachusetts at a sporting event, it's just like, Oh yeah. I got arrested with her in Newport one time. That was a crazy weekend, you know, or like, <laughs> or you pass by a guy and it's, uh, I ain't saying I'm a brawler or not, but I, you know, I've been in a few fights, you know, I can, I can handle myself. <laughs> it's just, all right. So, so we're there, we're there, we're in, we're in the crowd. Let's go through some of the, the sights and sights and sounds. You said beer was five bucks. That seems really fair. Yeah, How's so the selection? Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to oversell. So they have one in the fan experience only. They have one or two bars that sell draft beer. And they had a local IPA. And then they had some domestics, you know, your Bud Lights or your Buds or whatever. All of those were $5 drafts. I think they were 16 ounces. The rest of the beers throughout the tournament were Easy. between 7 and $9. The $9, I think, were were Stella's that were like 20 big big cans of Stella for $9. The prices were reasonable for okay. the beer and frankly too low for the state of Massachusetts during <laughs> like when I was growing up, you know, you couldn't buy beer on Sunday and they have all these laws that you're taught date back to the Puritans, mm -hmm. you know, populating this this colony at the beginning of our country's history. And they had it right. I mean, they knew they knew what they were dealing with for whatever reason. <laughs> Trying to protect just, them from themselves. When I was growing up, it was such a point of anger for me that I couldn't buy beer on on 
Sundays and I had to take my fake ID and drive up to Manchester, New Hampshire to get a case of butt. But now I realize it's a good thing. I, I, I mean, this, this state would burn down at 24 hours. <laughs> okay. Can we do some just silly particulars? Beyond what? So food, I mean, so food yeah. they had, yeah. uh, there was a kind of a truck that had a wood-fired oven. They were selling uh, wood-fired mm-hmm. pizzas. I'm a bit of a pizza snob. I make my own pizza. I've been to okay. Naples. It was wood-fired. <laughs> the sauce was too sugary. It was not, I would not recommend it. I'm not no. going to name the name of the place, but the price was right. It was, you'd get like a quarter of a pizza for five bucks, which is a good deal. They also had some another truck that sold what we call the subs. I don't know. There's in Massachusetts, the subs, sub submarine sandwich, whatever, you know, two, a piece of long bread with meat and cheese and whatever in it. They had that. That was like, I don't know, $10, but it was a foot long, more than a foot long. It was fine. It was good. Uh, they had, you know, a good selection of food. <laughs> it was fine. The, the food was all fine. I'll tell you though. Sorry. I get back into my media voice. I love it. I mean, it's just the slow. Everyone's just slightly <laughs> aggravated. I just love it the, so much. Uh, you know, I don't mean to complain because the live golf people were very kind to the live laugh golf people. However, the food in the media center was just abominable. I know I touched on it a little bit in our last podcast. The breakfast was fine. They had yogurt. They had cereal. Whatever. The eggs were – you didn't want to get into it. It was like a bad you know, Holiday Inn buffet egg situation. It was bad. And then we got into the lunch, and the lunch every day was bordering on inedible. I mean it was just – oh, we got some salmon out there. We got some rubber chicken. We got some rice that you don't want to eat. It was, it was awful. Live golf, it was awful. Uh, you know – it's been so, a well-kept secret how much the guarantees for these players have been. Uh, but we all understand they've been sizable for the best players. Spread some of that wealth around, man. I, I, it's just that you got to do better when it comes to the media food. Happy wife, happy life, happy happy podcaster, uh, you know, positive podcaster. Did you did you see any inclination of maybe the the there a different tier of media a a a a different media area, <laughs> perhaps for so. those that get invited that, to the pre-party. It could be that the country club adjacent guys were like, they had a separate room where they were eating caviar and lobster rolls. I didn't see any of that. Listen, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't blame Live Golf. I think it was the catering. I think it was the lo- local caterers like, fuck these people. Are we giving them the good fuck. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sick and tired of going out to the country club and making chicken and they're oh you need oh you need sweet and low oh sure fine no that's fine yeah of course of course we have equal what do you need Splenda yeah we got Splenda there was honestly every morning I would go to pour my coffee and there was no Splenda there was no artificial sweetener I can't believe that Greg Norman would want this to be the case I have to believe and you guys are the real I have to believe it was the caterer's problem. Expecting better things for you yeah. in Chicago, JT. But it, I, you know, Let's I just—I I will say, Matt Wolf. Matt Wolf made a hole in one on the second hole on in the first round, 178 yard number two. It was the first hole in one in Live Golf history. Matt Wolf bought beer for the media, Bud and Bud Light. 
I suppose it was probably all they had on hand, but thank you, Matt. I did. Hey, fair I, enough. I, fair enough. Free 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 beers. I the had best a Bud beer, Light. Man. Thank you, Matt. Congratulations on the first ace in live golf history. Uh, but oh, the other thing, I, you know, do I have to do the media complaint thing? The other thing was that the restrooms in the building no. that the media center was housed in were down for almost the entire weekend. So apparently this building is old. It's about to be shit canned. They're going to make a new one. Well, the plumbing went out on day one. And so we all had to use an outhouse, a trailer for the remainder of the tournament. And that was not cool. It was not cool. Mm. I didn't like it. More full of it than usual. So you're out, you're out there slumming it with the hoi polloi, even though you're a credentialed media member. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. So the, the this was still behind it. There were no – no. No, no random masshole oh, just okay, walking okay. by using the same trailer. Okay, I imagine that could be a tough scene in, uh, late in the day on oh, round three. So, so I mean, I I, I don't want to. I'd like to be able to come back home when I need to, but it's just again, sure. You know, yeah. when I was growing up, I, I was born in the seventies, the early seventies. I have recollections of Red Sox Yankees games at Fenway, slightly post Bucky Dent home run, where. It was just a night full of drunken fights. The whole, it was just a, a constant one after the other. It was better than better than any card at Madison Square Garden. Was just a typical Fenway Yankees Red Sox game in the late seventies, early eighties. All right, all right, all right. I, okay. So, well, I wanted to ask. It, Go ahead, score. I, I wanted to ask about the the music and the atmosphere on course. Walking uh, Neiman said you could feel the energy. So so and on social media, I saw I would see some clips with where you could hear the music in the background, different things like that. So what was that like as you're as you're on the course? The music Is, was I not actually loud ever anywhere from my perspective, and huh. there were quite a few holes in the middle of the course where I didn't feel like there was any music at all. So I went to the flash interviews each day after the round, and Joaquin is a good example. Joaquin said that he liked the music. He wanted there to be more music. He said he'd like to suggest there be reggaeton, which is something that you're probably familiar with, <laughs> J-Score, but is you know beyond me. Um, I'll tell you, <laughs> it rang it, it rang a little hollow for me. Joaquin said that he liked music. He wanted louder music. He wanted more music. But Joaquin was the person that I noticed on more than one occasion sort of backing off putts when the crowd got a little unruly. And the crowd was unruly. Again, we were in Massachusetts. There was plenty of booze. And it was loud. And it was rowdy. And Joaquin seemed to be bothered by it. I'll tell you, Joaquin should have won that tournament in my estimation. I mean, he was first in greens and regulation. Uh, he was number two in birdies. But he didn't putt particularly well at all. He had a total of 86 putts in three rounds. That was tied for 15th. He had to have missed at least a half dozen putts inside six feet on the week. And if he makes half of those, he's the winner of the tournament. So I'm very anxious to see how Joaquin deals with the loudness and the activity of the crowd as we go forward. Because again, he's young. He's one of the youngest players out there. He says he's excited about the music. He's, he says he's excited about the youthfulness of the crowd and the energy. But I didn't get the sense that that was really true watching him play. 
So I'd I'd love to see. So uh, Greg Norman, if you're listening, I'd I'd love to see the winning team from the prior event get to pick the playlist or the genre or the vibe of the music coming into the next event. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how it's. I, I think that, I don't think there's anything to it at this point. I think there's probably a team that plays the music, but that that would be an interesting uh, wrinkle. I'll. You could oh, have man. some international flair with certain team compositions, different things like that. I think it would be. Uh, you know, a simple yeah, little and thing. Speaking of, of youth, one thing that we didn't talk about is that the prior events winner, Henrik Stenson, did not play this week. I saw him. I actually got a test, text from you, J-Score, saying, what happened to Stenson? I hear he's out. I didn't even realize it. I had walked by him on the putting green about 20 minutes before I got your text. And he was out there. He was prepared to play. I guess he got a, what do you call it? It's a, a bout of vertigo. Vertigo. Just decided he couldn't play. And his replacement was the 18-year-old. Shergo Alcurdy. That's, that's his name. Yeah. By the way, have you guys ever had vertigo that lasted any period I, of time? I wouldn't even I don't know. I have ever I, had it last at all. Okay. I don't know if there's any kind of national federation or association, but you should all donate some money to it because- <laughs> Vertigo is miserable. Well, is it a recurrent thing? Got, or are we going to expect maybe this is going to be a problem for? It is. It is possible. It is uh, often a symptom of some other difficult to find condition. Uh, it can be brought on for people like us of advanced age. From um, I got mine from basically being on the ocean a bunch after being in Indiana for a long time, like my entire life, and then I was riding around on ferry boats in San Francisco for four days straight. And I had vertigo for four days after, and I just about died of it. I mean, it was the worst feeling possible. Well, it doesn't sound great. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it's not, it's not painful. It's just like, discon- it's like just disconcerting and you're dizzy and you can't eat or drink anything and you're completely uncomfortable and you can't, wet, can't sleep, but you're not awake. It's not great. All right. Well, g- anyway, yeah, Shergo Sh- Alcurdy. What's his name? Shergo? Shergo yeah, he's Al-Kurdi. 18 years old. He, from the country of Jordan. Uh, but he played well for an 18-year-old. Um, he turned ranks. 19 a couple of days ago. He turned 19 after the tournament concluded. He came in 35th, which is, you know, Phil Mickelson came in 40th. So congratulations, Shergo. He got paid, jumped in. I don't know. I don't know how they did that. Like, how many alternates are on site, like, ready to jump in? Were there two? Was there a coin flip? I should have asked. That's something we need to know. JT, we're going to put you on that and figure out what the alternate situation is in Chicago. I love that. The behind the music story of the 12 alternate guys skins game on the other course five miles down the road for a million bucks. Can we talk about Taylor Gooch? Taylor Gooch, another good performance. He was, uh, I think he was in the lead after day one. He ended up finishing sixth. He, he He had an interesting strategy. So Taylor was playing behind everybody all week. He did not take driver off the tee nearly as much as most in the field. He ended up 40th in the field in driving distance. Uh, So he was laying back 41st, pardon me, 41st in the field in driving distance. He was laying back, but he was number one in fairways hit. So I think Taylor must have gone out there during his practice rounds and said, I don't want to be in those trees. I don't want to deal with that forest. So he was first in fairways hit, and even though he was well behind everybody else, he ended up third out of 48 in greens and regulation. So I'm wondering if a course like that is just so atypical as compared to the the usual PGA Tour fair where we've 
come to understand that you're best off hitting it as far as you possibly can on every hole, they're not usually dealing with this penal woods area on every fairway. So it turned out to be what seemed like a pretty good strategy from Taylor. Yeah, right. Love a man with a plan. Aim conservatively and play aggressively, I think is the story, right? Pick small targets. Um, very cool. Haven't seen him play much golf, honestly, because he never seemed to be in contention anytime I was watching in the past. I love that dude's golf he, game. I, I really like him. I really like his attitude. You know, it, it's funny. He's been the butt of so many jokes since he came to live because, oh, well, Taylor, he compared the team aspect to the Ryder Cup. He's never played in the Ryder Cup. Ha ha, Taylor's a dummy. Oh, Taylor thought he was just playing one event. Oh, he got banned from the PGA Tour. Ha ha, Taylor's a dummy. Taylor's made many millions of dollars in just a couple of months on the Live Tour, and he's playing great golf, and he's playing this week. We'll talk about it in a minute, but he's playing this week in Europe, in England, on the DP World Tour uh, at the BMW PGA Championship, and I expect pretty good things from Taylor Gooch this week. He's playing great golf, and you know, until this happened, until he went on, until he left the PGA Tour, he was Max Homa's best friend on tour. Everybody loves Max Homa, right? Like it's amazing how quickly people have turned on any player who decided to follow what they thought was in their best interest as a professional golfer. Suddenly, Taylor Gooch is a bad guy. Yeah. Just being tangentially around him for the past couple of days seems like a great young kid. Like it, it's it's amazing that that people want to knock these guys down. It's absolutely nuts that that everyone just goes in lockstep on something. That's what I mean. That's what makes this so great, right? It's the one place where the where the the good outcomes could possibly be considered. Yeah. Like just amazing, right? What an innovation from Little Lab Golf. <laughs> so, uh, West, can we talk about West? Can we talk about shorts? I mean, what do you guys think about the shorts? We're we're wearing shorts, or just Westy in <laughs> shorts? I mean, let's just start there. I mean, fantastic, holding it down, way to take care of yourself, Westy. Got remarried, had a good, had a nice little midlife crisis a few years ago. Got remarried. Uh, he actually dresses up really nice for the horse races and stuff. Back to golf. That's fine. I, I want to like, hear all about Westy. Uh, I felt I, I, like, I felt terrible. I like, I like shorts. I like it. I thought the way they rolled it out was kind of kooky, but uh, we did it in the, we did it mid tournament. Maybe we had to go around and see if everybody had two pairs of shorts. Well, you know, I think part um, of it might have been. I mean, so they try to do something interesting mid tournament every time. And previously, we've announced new players who would be coming on the next event, right? And it seems like we don't. I, I say we. I'm not. I'm not paid by Live Golf. I'm not associated with Live Golf. We are talking about Live Golf. This is the royal we. Take it easy, everybody. Relax. I'm not getting any money. I got no money. No. No financial interest in Live Golf. But previously, Live Golf has announced new players during the event, and it seems like they didn't have somebody to announce this time. Maybe because they haven't signed anybody. But so we had something. We had. Shorts, yeah. Westy. One thing we know, one thing we know, on television, khaki shorts are out. Who, they just who don't are you speaking work. of in particular? Who didn't you like? Let's do I, it. I'm Let's not going to tell you which Bryson DeChambeau it was. We can turn this into a new segment. It can be like the, it can be like the E Network, like red carpet. Like you're, you can be the Joan Rivers hey, of, of Live Laugh Golf. <laughs> who didn't you like? 
hey, I'm already the Chris Rock of Lawrence County. I can be the Joan Rivers of Live, Laugh, Golf. I just take on another moniker. No problem. Um, the man of a thousand nicknames. Uh, piece of cake. But yeah, the, the, the silver color, navy, black, all sharp, dark grace, questionable, khaki, no go. But for, you're not going to name names. The way was that it's it shot. Kokrak? Was it was it Kokrak? Oh, I already, I already, I already uh, said I wouldn't disclose which oh, Bryson DeChambeau Bryson. it was. We love Bryson. I mean, Jay Score especially loves Bryson. That's your favorite player, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I don't take, I don't take uh, issue with the khaki shorts. They, it's a, it's a khaki is a staple. Uh, great neutral color can build on that. You know, I, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I love the shorts idea. And Duff, you've got that that idea of something launched mid round when you were saying that, like mid event, like announcing a change, has me excited. Perhaps my uh, pass the ox cord to the four aces concept has got some some legs. Unfortunately, it probably means some Patrick Reed Imagine Dragons going on, which is unfortunate. But uh, maybe maybe the shark will announce that four aces has the ox cord. Uh, round two and three uh, well, in did, Chicago. I love this. The very very next thing we should do as a slight project, Jesse, is start working up, workshopping what their playlist might be. We'll bring it back for you guys. We'll take we'll work on that offline and we'll bring it back and say, we'll make we'll make Duffer send out some links. All right. So regardless of his, I, I will his say, shorts, um, I don't know what, was it the socks that were the problem. So so Lee, I want to get back to Lee. Lee Westwood is my guy. I tweeted. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm glad it you're bringing up the like, socks. I, I mean, he there. he looked like it was he was giving off the best major dad vibes. I was loving it. He had this calf high. Sure. I mean, they were white socks. He's you know he's got a he's in shape. He seems strong, but it's dad strength. Uh, and you know he's got a little bit of a belly. And I thought he was going to win this thing and just do it for dads everywhere. Uh, but he bogeyed. You know he's not going to make a he bogeyed, he bogeyed on the last two hole of his last three holes. Now, the, the, I mean, so on brand. Oh, you can't. You're going to bury our guy like that. He just listen. He bogeyed the par four first. That's an incredibly tough hole. That was that's the toughest hole on the course. But then he's got two. That's a birdie hole. The third hole, he had like. 110 yards and he hit a lop wedge into the bunker. I mean, it was, it was painful to watch. Uh, so he bogeyed the hole and, uh, he didn't get into the playoff. So he, you know, I, I just having a, having a 59 watch already was, was very exciting. And then to see him, I mean, you know, silver lining still set the, the <laughs> live golf record golf for the lowest record round at a 62, but what could have been for Lee, you know, and back to the socks real quick. Martin Keimer also rocking plain white uh, mid calf. So part of me thinks, can we see some some some? I think we're going to see some good stuff. So game? I, a lot of these guys, it sounded like they really didn't know it was coming mid tournament. So they hadn't planned. They you know they got their scripting out. They've got some of them have sponsors who dress them, and so did they didn't. A lot of the teams wanted the whole team to be dressed the same way, right? So Pat Perez wanted to wear shorts. DJ said, we're wearing pants. Pat Perez said, we're wearing pants. <laughs> what my guy DJ tells me to do, <laughs> I'm doing, right? So you may see, now that we know the rule has changed, we may see some different stuff in Chicago. I'll tell you, at the Pro-Am on Thursday, somebody who stuck out to me was Cameron Tringale. Tringale, he had some short inseam shorts on he, they were maybe five inches they were slim fit 
He had calf high socks, but they were multicolored uh, stripes. So he had some style. Cameron Tringale is somebody to watch when it comes to the short game coming up in Chicago and later events because I, I think we may see some things out of him once he's ready for to show it all off. Listen, if 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 anybody finds Crusher's GC socks, let me know. I will scoop some up ASAP. All right. Anything else? But anything else on the golf? Did anybody you saw that you hadn't seen before? That you're like, that guy is awesome. His golf game impresses me. Or anybody you saw that you're like, eh, like I'm, I'm obviously he's a great competitor. I wonder how he gets it done, kind of a thing. Well, first of all, I, I think I mentioned this on the last pod, but watching Bryson hit balls on the range is pretty incredible. I mean, it, it it is different than everybody else you see. He goes after it harder, especially when he's when he's hitting his drives and he's trying to hit them far. He does this stuff that I guess I had seen, but I hadn't really understood what he was doing he's decided i don't you know with bryson you never know if the science really matches up with his beliefs but he has his beliefs and part of what he does and i think we've all seen him do it is he he seems like he's hyperventilating before he hits his long drives and he's determined that that Uh is a thing to do like it gets the blood pumping these quick, deep breaths. And so that's something that he's doing intentionally. He's not just nervous. <laughs> he's like, this makes me hit the ball farther. So there was that. That's impressive. I love seeing that. On the other end, Cam Smith is, he's just a golfer. You don't get the set. You don't watch him and say, oh, that guy's one of the best in the world, maybe the best in the world. Like you can't tell by obviously looking at his physique, but also his swing. Um, you watch him He's and maybe he's struggling this week with his tee shots. He, again, I said he had a case of the lefts, but he's a guy who just gets it around. Like think of the guy that you play with who gets it around better than anybody you know, and then multiply it by twenty, and that's what Cam Smith is. That's yeah. a guy who gets it into the hole from wherever he is. Just that's pretty incredible to watch. Smooth operator. Cool, All right, cool. we are forty-five minutes into this podcast, so we're gonna stop with the golf. We teased it at the beginning. It's a big, big week for haters and losers. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna save mine. What was a triumph for anybody who was looking at Live Golf objectively this week has turned into a hate fest. It's all over Twitter. It's in the podcast sphere. Everybody who hates Live Golf has dialed it up a couple of notches this week because, you know, what was clearly an incredible display of golf an incredibly fun week they've got to find a way to take it down so we'll start with jt who do you got who's your hater of the week there were so many to choose from who'd you take all right well just to stay in the vein of what i've been doing i nominate for the second time a repeat couples j score are we is this allowed like we haven't i mean i assume that eventually we'll get to repeating people i mean i don't even may it please the court <laughs> so i'm gonna allow it I, we're moving fast we can pivot quickly we're very agile live laugh golf thrives on a fast moving agile uh, environment we're not going to get too hung up on tradition here so i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna if i it. could if i could defer I, judgment what is it that mr couples did mr couples did he say something did he write something did he tweet something 
Of course, he wrote it on Twitter because why would you ever want to say anything and then have it disappear? You'd want to say something this unbelievably stupid and publish it for the whole world to see. Last Thursday, to all my, quote, to all my friends who I missed birthdays and weddings, ellipsis, so sorry. I was busy earning a living on the PGA Tour. And in my line of work, the goal is to capital E-A-R-N, earn your way to work weekends. And by weekends, I mean 72 holes. Sorry, sorry not, not sorry. sorry. He's, he's, uh, how, how do you do, young, young You people? knucklehead. He, uh, you knucklehead. You now play three-day tournaments with no cut to pad your multi-million so, dollar pension. That was paid for. By the guys that now, are Boomer, playing he now. clearly was subtweeting somebody there, right? Like the, somebody, somebody had mentioned something about missing. Was it Cam that he was subtweeting? Who was that? Yes, of course, because Smith mentioned in Golf Digest that his friends uh, overseas at home were getting married, having babies, had children that he hadn't met, that he has not met, um, uh, missing out on experience. Remind me, with, how many with his family and friends? And Fred Couples married twenty three times. Never his fault, though. Never his fault. Mentions that he missed some weddings, including probably one of his own. <laughs> uh, anyway, Freddie, get a lot. Fred Couples, hater and loser of the week. Jay Score, you going to allow it? Hater did you and already... loser of the week. He's both. He's not one or the other. Did He's you, both. Did you pre-approve that? Is that? Are you good with that? I, th- I'm hearing this for the first time, but given just the outrageousness of Freddie Couples, I, I think that's safe, but I think we need to... Uh, I-, I don't think uh, OTP's allowed to utter freddie couple's name now for yes yeah, certainly a, we're not we're not going to allow any episodes I some think we kind need of no three timers no three timers until the second season of llg and we have not even announced the schedule for the second season of llg we some people are saying we're going to go to australia we may do something in india it's unknown but until we announce that schedule i don't want to hear boom boom's name come out of your mouth no more haters and losers Totally fine. Before our audience out there, rest assured, the pot is still on the stove. <laughs> boom, boom. I mean, it's a, I know he was he a guy that you liked when you were younger, and you've turned against him. He he was everybody's yeah. favorite player. He was supposedly the Such king of cool. Swing. Yeah, right. I, you know. Yeah, so relaxed. For a wild time. All right. Well, yeah. Freddie, sorry, so I couldn't stop it. J score was in. I'm going to give it my conditional approval. You're 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 one of our haters and losers of the week. I'm sorry. Don't don't do it again, Freddie. Because I mean, I could. It's by the way. I want to be clear about this. J score. You could, if you chose to, name Freddie Couples your hater and loser of the week at some point between now and the beginning of our second season. As could I. You, however, Mr. OTP Lefty, you're precluded. No more. No, we got to wait. Fair enough. Hey. <laughs> Go get a ladle. The pot. All right, Jay Score. Who do you got? Do you have anyone? So my hater, my hater and loser of the week is going to be none other than Billy Horschel. I feel like Billy it's a bit Ho. Of a softball here. PJ Tour. PJ <laughs> Billy PJ Ho. Tour. Text. Well, tell the folks what he did. I I know. I've been. I've been. I. It's been a. You've had some great <laughs> tweets uh, at, at Billy Ho, but so so the the he he. He's calling Live Golf members hypocrites, but not all of them. Uh, he was quick to walk that broad statement back. Um, and I'm sure Billy Ho eventually will walk back much of this as his opinion. Again, Billy Ho is one of these guys who I, like I'm the 100% certain he can't spell hypocrite. There's just no, no way. Uh, 
he he can say it though uh, a little bit better than he can say tour. tour so um, the his quote is something to the effect of the Abe answers the Taylor Gooches the Jason Kokrax. You've never played this tournament. You've never supported the DP World Tour. Why are you here? You're here for one reason only, and that's to try to get world I, ranking. Can you points believe it that they would? Wa- how dare it. you try to get world ranking points? Could you imagine the nerve of a pro golfer trying to earn world ranking points in the sport uh, that pays the bills for him i i could not imagine by the way how old is how old is abe answer great question he's a he's a baby he's a child he's significantly younger than billy horschel and from what i understand abe answer has played only one fewer pure dp world tour event than billy horschel has in his career that is not majors or crossover scottish opens so like I, i don't know why he's trying to come hard at abe answer and taylor gooch Taylor Gooch has never been qualified to play in this event until this year. That's why he hasn't been there. And finally, like, since when do you need to dedicate yourself, swear your fealty and allegiance to a tour in in order to play in an event for which you've qualified under the written regulations? Was was just really quickly. I mean, I know you don't have the transcript playing there, but did no one ask why are you here, no, but- Billy Horschel? Nobody wrote a letter and said, make my wish come true. Could Billy Horschel show up to Wentworth? He's there for money. He's he there what? for world ranking I points. Mean, by the way, I feel like, like I feel like John Rahm should get half of this award too because Rahm had said the same thing. You're only here for world ranking points. Yeah, man, because your tour has engaged in what is potentially a criminal conspiracy <laughs> to prevent me from from being able to play in the major championships, you would be doing it too, John. Like, yeah, bro, I'm trying to get some world ranking points here. What else am I here for? What are, what are you here for? I'm here to support the tour. I just, I just really care deep in my bones about the DP world tour. It's, nonsensical oh gosh the dp world tour so much history in with dp world DP shout world. out uh dubai yeah, ua we um, love those guys yeah uh my favorite my favorite part though is 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 when horschel went on to say and i just i love this uh, he guarantees i love the hypothetical he guarantees if he was in their seat his agent would have played devil's advocate or or billy ho himself would have played devil's advocate and, and they apparently, him and his agent sat down and and made Devil's a pros and cons what? list. What? Are you, what? If if Liv were to approach him, which obviously Liv <laughs> I has love not the idea that they Billy didn't Ho, approach him like that. He's number fifteen in the world, but like that guy sucks, man. I just <laughs> dude, he's got. They made a list. Khakis the, the, there were a lot berries. of cons. A lot of cons the, on the live side and very few on the PGA Tour. That's and great, world Billy Hill. You know what's great about a free world is that you're not forced to go play at a tournament, a tour that you don't want to. What's wild is nobody – you asked – like did anybody ask him this follow-up, JT? Nobody has asked him about his quotes three months ago at the memorial after Kevin Na resigned from the PGA Tour so that he could play live. Nobody's asked him, hey, Billy – there you said it's always been your belief that as long as someone played the 15 events they were required to on the PGA Tour, they should be allowed to do what they wanted to and follow outside opportunities. Not a single brilliant, not a single one of these brilliant golf journalists has taken the opportunity to ask him what's changed in just three months from you saying it's always been your belief throughout your entire career that people should be able to pursue their outside opportunities to suddenly you are the biggest, 
mouthpiece fanboy stooge for Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour. What's changed, Billy? What's changed? Uh, I think I think it's a long con, a long play here to get get pip. I think Billy Ho is <laughs> I mean, just trying to. <laughs> I just guess, spew nonsense. He's like a store brand oh Max God, Homa. I guess this Pip has extended to the top he's 20. And, and I have no doubt that Jay will try and throw him a million dollars as a bone for being a good little boy. But, oh, God, how meaningless does that make the Pip if Billy Ho gets a piece of it? I mean, is there a single Billy Horschel fan on the planet? Like, there just there can't be. There can't be. He's the worst. Oh, my God. Great pick. We love that one. I, I think that's the first time seems like we should each pick Billy Ho before this season is over, but uh, <laughs> I'm <With> on pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, it's my turn. Uh, and I am outside of the player's game of golf. I'm going to go to the podcast world. And there's a extremely popular podcast. And I guess before I go into mine, I should say I, I've got disclaimers and disclosures. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed by Desert Duffer on Live Laugh Golf are not necessarily those of his Live Laugh Golf co-hosts or Live Laugh Golf the organization. They're mine and mine alone. <laughs> I don't I don't want to get you guys in they, trouble. They are not. That leads me to my disclosure, which is I know the people whom I'm about to name hater and loser of the week. They're good guys in many ways, but they are haters and losers, and we are objective here. That's what we do. That's what I do. So I'm not going to shy away of it away from it. My haters and losers of the week are two podcasters from the popular podcast, No Laying Up, specifically Chris Solly Solomon and Dennis DJ Piehowski. These guys have for months now been PGA Tour water carriers. All they do is badmouth live golf. All they do is explain to you why you shouldn't watch live golf. And that was fine. It was fine. They don't like it. They think we shouldn't like it. That's okay. I disagree with them. But we crossed the line this week on the No Laying Up podcast. This week on the No Laying Up podcast, Solly and DJ explained to us why not only they hated live golf, they hate people who like live golf. That's what it is. You're an idiot. You're a bad person. If you like live golf, they don't like you. And I don't want to say this like because listen, you know, things get taken out of context. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play you the words of Dennis DJ Piehowski, who he says he's not a PGA Tour dick rider. Has he been a PGA Tour employee? Yeah, yeah, he has. Has he spent his entire professional career with a financial interest in either working for or covering the PGA Tour? He, he has. But he's not a PGA Tour dick rider. If he says it enough times, ironically, then it, it can't be true. But this is what DJ had to say this week about those who actually like live golf people have been texting like wh why are people watching this or like who's into this who who thinks this is cool whatever and the way i kind of break it out i think there's like three groups it's a third people who are just like man i know these names and it's on youtube and there's no commercials and i just kind of like watching golf so that's the first third of you those of you who actually enjoy watching live golf you're just 
lazy. Do, do I fall into that? Yeah, yeah. You're just you're, you're like a, sure. uh, I don't know. I'll just watch it because oh, I'm just I'm not a big golf fan. I'm not a smart. I'm not a super serious golf fan. I know these names and whatever. That's fine. You don't even need to be offended by that. I wouldn't be offended by that if I thought I was in that group. But I, I know he doesn't think of me in that group. I think I'm in one of the other two groups. So let's hear the second group as told by DJ Pajowski of No Laying Up. I think the second third is like Boomers. like the people who are buying like the tactical t-shirts and tactical sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Like old people who are afraid to die, basically. I think there's a big chunk of those people who are taking it very seriously uh, and don't realize they're the joke. You're the joke. You're the joke. You're a bunch of... It, after that, I had to... You heard the bleep in there. I had to actually edit this. I want to be clear. There was some editing in there. So I had to do some editing. I'm sorry, Dennis. We have time constraints as well. But in addition to what he said there, he also said that those in group two were probably Trump supporters. So you're a guy who wears tactical shirts. You support Trump. I think we all know what he's what he's explaining there. You might have heard Solly, who's our second hater. He jumped in there. It was hard to hear him. But he also said, not our second hater, Desert yeah, Duffer's second Yeah, my second hater. Second hater. Clear, he also listen. said boomers. You might be a boomer if you like live golf, which is weird because by all accounts, by someone who's actually been on the ground, been to one of the tournaments, I can tell you that the audience is significantly younger than what I've experienced at PGA Tour events. But according to Solly, Chris Solly Solomon, you've got to be a boomer and a Trump supporter to like live golf. And DJ says you got to wear tactical clothes. You got to be, you're the joke and you don't know it if you like live golf. That's group two. By the way, that's group two. That's, that's the second least offensive of the three types of live supporters as told by DJ Pajewski. You're, you're not that bad compared to what comes next. And here's group three. This is, some of you may fall in there. I know that DJ thinks that I'm in group three. So here's what DJ thinks of the rest of us. And then I think there's a third of people who are just like hostile, hostile contrarians. I think there's probably a lot of you listening to this podcast. F- you, you are the worst. <laughs> I'm putting in my Twitter profile. People. I love yeah. live. F you, you are the worst. And that was Solly again. That was the brilliant Chris Solly Solomon jumping in to diss those of you who have. Uh... Yeah. Hey, what, hey, what do you got hey, to say? Hey, Jump in. Hey, hey, Jump in, JT. Okay. So, no, first off, can I be in partially the entertained group and partially in the contrarian group? But another slight disclaimer for those listening at home, we're all friends because we met those That's guys. true. That's true. That's my editorial note. Back to our show. Okay. We, we're probably going to edit that out because I don't think it added any value. What I, what I have to say is Solly and DJ don't want you in their audience. They think you're garbage. And what's particularly ironic about it, and what made me name them Hater and Loser of the Week is, they spent 90 minutes of their podcast this week talking about Live Golf. They talked about it as a joke. They talked about their fans as a joke. Then, of course, they talked about what they called the birdies and bogeys. And by the way, I I do want to mention, I left Tron Carter out of here. Because Tron Carter was the only one of the three members of No Laying Up who were on this podcast 
who talked about it relatively objectively. Tron doesn't really like live golf, and that's fine. We don't have to agree. Like he, he doesn't have to like everything about it. He likes some things about it. He was willing to accept that that was good golf down the stretch, and he enjoyed it, but he didn't have to. But what he also didn't do was insult everybody who did or does like live golf. So Tron wasn't included. Tron, you're not one of my haters and losers. But when you spend 90 minutes of your podcast talking about something that you profess to hate, and when you talk about derisively golfers going to this tour because they're doing it for the money, when you're spending 90 minutes on your podcast because you realize it's making you money, you are not only a hater and a loser, you're my hypocrite of the week. Because no laying up knows that people are interested in hearing about live and they're concerned about the foreplay pod and the fire pit collective pod hey. are those guys talking about it are those guys getting listens are they getting downloads we need to keep our sponsors happy and if you were this moral superior you would just not talk about it Dufferin, that just good absolutely business? just like it's good business for the golfers who have chosen to go to the live tour to do so and that's the hypocrisy. Solly will tell me I probably don't know what hypocrisy means. Solly loves to insult his listeners. I think I have a pretty good sense of what hypocrisy is. So those are my haters and losers of the week. Anything else? I, I Listen, like I said, the views and opinions expressed by Desert Duffer are his and his alone. No shade to Jay Scored. No shade to OTP Lefty. They don't necessarily agree. Listen, that's I I, I think from the start I I knew with time, you know, folks will come around, you know, it's going to work, you know. The team thing will play out, the agility, things will things will create some maturation. I mean, any sort of expansion team or new league, it never there's never history and tradition and anything like that, but it comes with time and it eventually it if it sticks around and doesn't go uh, away. You know, you, you remind me of something around. though. You know what things do go away sometimes. Like you remember last week we talked a lot about because Cam Smith has joined the Live Tour and it's a huge moment for Australia. And I talked about how the Australian Open having been decimated by the PGA Tour is a bad thing. And the Australian Open actually should be a major championship. Well, Solly actually, on this week's NLU podcast, had some thoughts about Australia. When Tron suggested that the PGA Tour should be going to Australia, this is what Solly had to say. I don't. I think they've tried Australia. I don't think it works. I don't think guys want to go there. I don't think the players want to make that trip. I think the tax rate is horrific. The guys get taxed at like 60% of their winnings or whatever there. I don't think it's going to fit well in the schedule. And I think the TV times are very, very not good in all likelihood for U.S. markets. Solly is worried about the PGA Tour players having to pay too much tax. And he's imagining some 60% tax rate in Australia, which is, of course, absurd, ridiculous. The top tax rate in Australia is 45%, the same as it is in the United Kingdom. But Solly never lets facts get in the way of a good argument. Solly's convinced that Australia is bad. Solly's also wrong, of course, about the TV window and the time frame. It's perfect. It's as, as Tron ended up mentioning, you play a tournament that starts in the morning in Melbourne, and you've got primetime TV in the United States. So all you Australians just know that Solly doesn't want to go to Australia because the PGA Tour players don't like it. 
and they think they pay too many taxes. And he's worried about that. So that's not a good idea. Again, Solly, hater, loser of the week. Numero dos. Congratulations. Anything else, guys? I'm done. I'm done on my haters and losers. I told you it was going to be controversial. That was uh, that. That might be the spiciest <laughs> hater and loser pick yet. I mean, I'm. I feel like Tiger Woods from OTP was <laughs> just centuries ago at this point. Holy, holy! Crap. I want to say, yeah. Um, just there's a watch list out there, by the way, guys. I can't get around to it because I can't find the website where Dottie Pepper supposedly chimed in a <laughs> couple weeks and, ago. Don't but try I, and but come, I read a two. I read a two-paragraph article on golf.com two weeks ago. I've just been saving up. This is OTP's attempt to lessen tensions by bringing Dottie Pepper into the fray. Listen, Dottie didn't do anything to you this week. You leave her alone. This is all about Solly. Solly's going to take his this week, and he's going to explain to us where the 60% tax rate came from. Absolutely absurd. Not for me, pal. All right. That's it for haters and losers. We're almost done. We've got golf coming up. As we said, uh, the BMW PGA Championship is happening this week in England. There are a bunch of live players there, which, you know, thankfully for the DP World Tour and despite Billy Horschel's protestations, have significantly boosted the strength of field. But um, we've got Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Billy Horschel, Shane Lowry, Abraham Answer, Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, Taylor Gooch, among others. Let's do predictions. You guys, oh, oh we haven't mentioned uh, our predictions for the Live Golf Boston event. Results. No, I, I mean, I forgot. What, uh, what, what happened? Why don't you remind us, Doug? Yeah, I actually, yeah, what, I actually picked the win? winner, Dustin Johnson. So you guys each owe me Shock. 10 bucks. I'm now, I've, I'm two, two wins on the season. OTP has one. J-Score, you're still in the cellar with zero wins. I want Venmos from you zero. both by the end of the evening. And let's do let's do DP World Tour. Who do you got? OTP. Adam Scott's overdue. It's time. He's been knocking on the door for weeks and weeks That's and weeks. Adam Scott. Because he's, he's not one of the favorites. Love that. Good luck to you, sir. J-Score, who do you got? So this is sort of a uh, – I've, I've, candidly, I looked at the field just uh, within the last uh, hour and a half. Uh, but my, my pick this week, it's going to be Patrick Reed. Um, I'm not a Reed fan by any stretch of imagination, but he's playing great golf. Uh, he'd be a spicy electric winner, I think, uh, just from the media storyline. So, again, as a, as a sicko who just wants to be entertained – and just as fascinated by all the drama, all of I might, I might be Patrick I Reed's Patrick biggest Reed fan. Feels like the like right legitimately. Pick. I just, I just love the way that guy plays golf. I was on the lookout for Justine this week. I didn't see her. I'm, I'm not great with the celeb spotting. I live in L.A. Uh, Justine. I imagine there were Justine a lot might of might be the biggest celebrity big around these days. And hats being worn and live Boston. Uh, I think, so. I think P. Reed is would have been tough pick, to pick up, but uh, he's, he's not going to be the winner. I'm going to take. Oh, that'd be too easy. All right. Uh, all right. To, let's be fair. Those are I, I love the picks you guys both made. Neither one of you went heavy favorites. No chalk this week. So I'm going to do the Down same the thing. Board. I'm going to take Taylor Gooch. Uh, we didn't mention that Taylor Gooch, n- not only did Billy Horschel shit on people sort of generally, I believe in one of the interviews he called out Taylor by name. And Taylor, just moments before we started recording, came back at him and tweeted at Billy Horschel that Billy Horschel has oh, only yeah. played six events and Billy Horschel comes here for the very same reason he does because he thinks it's best for his career. I think 
Taylor Gooch is coming into his own. He's a man in full. He wins this week. You know, he's going to give the chop. Big week for Taylor Gooch. That's by the way, Taylor, Taylor was a and whoever whoever helped him whoever helped him find the information, but they should have come right back at him in the press room. What a bunch of Taylor crap. was a huge hit, unsurprisingly, in the Boston area this week. Gooch, Gooch. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I I'm out on that. I I would have knows what it means up there. Uh, uh, all right, anything else, guys? Oh, we got LPGA. JT, you got some thoughts on LPGA? Absolutely. Kenwood Country Club, very, very lovely place, uh, Cincinnati. So it's going to be like chilly four-way and seeing a couple of friends this weekend. Very excited. You're going to be on site? Yeah. Congratulations to Gabby Lopez, who won last week's event in Ohio somewhere, the Dana Open. She won by one stroke over a, a delightful mass hole, Megan Kang. That that was that was Gabby's third LBGA win. Congrats to her. I think she's great. Tron Carter, who is again not the hater and loser of the week, he had some complaints about Gabby's pace of play. I'm willing to overlook it. I think I think Gabby's great. So right by me, Gabby. Also, a KFT finals, Corn Ferry finals ended this weekend in OTP Lefty's home state and a club at which I am a member, yes. Victoria National in Indiana. Hey, very cool. Been there. Hardest golf course in the universe for someone who plays at the level we play at. I appreciate um, Heard you some rumors this we weekend, un- unconfirmed unconfirmed reports that it may be moving uh, to another course also in southern Indiana, uh, which would be amazing news for rumors, the local area. Uh, so among those that regained PGA Tour playing privileges were David Lingmurth, Henrik Norlander and Brian Stewart. Some notables who did not advance include Sean O'Hare, Satoshi Kadara, Vaughn Taylor, Camilo Villegas, Villegas. Bill Haas, Martin Trainer, and Tommy Two Gloves Ganey. Up and comers who did not earn their card for the first time were my guy, Norman Jong, and Pearson Cootie. But of course, we have to talk about the one, the only, the phenom, Akshay Batia. Akshay. Akshay won the very first event of the Corn Ferry Tour season and was then, of course, in first place on the Corn Ferry Tour points list. He only made eight cuts the rest of the way. He did not finish in the final 25, and he missed all three cuts of the Corn Ferry Tour finals. So unless he manages to win like his first three events next year, Akshay is going to spend his 21st birthday as a member of the Corn Ferry Tour. Crying Keep grinding, baby. All right, that's it. We've done it. Very exciting. The next Live Golf event, our very own Jason OTP Lefty will be on the ground in, I guess it's Aurora. It's someplace. It's not in Chicago. It's someplace. Not, it's yes, not in Chicago. Chicago. It's not actually it's in be Chicago. so far. Rich Harvest Farm, somewhere in southeastern <laughs> Iowa. Um, yes, very much looking forward to it. Um, uh, you you will have no idea how to find me because you won't know what I look like, but come up and say hi. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs>